welcome to episode five of Cop and Daughter. I'm Cop. And I'm Daughter. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the death of Alonzo Brooks, which was featured in an episode of Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. And it occurred in April of 2004. Uh, it, uh, he did live in Gardner, Kansas, which is where we lived mm-hmm. at the time in 2004. Uh, but I don't remember a lot about this. Do you remember the Alonzo Brooks case? No. I hadn't heard of it until I started watching the series on Netflix and remember hearing the name of the town and was kind of caught off guard because, I mean, this would be a pretty big case and to have heard nothing. I mean, I was young at the time, so even if it had been on the news, I don't know that I would have like registered, but even just the fact that it was never like talked about growing up there, that this was something that had happened. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I really don't, I don't remember this either. Uh, I was an adult. I was working in law enforcement mm-hmm. and I, in fact, I don't think I knew about it until you brought up uh, the episode on Netflix and then yeah. we, kind of, we kind of started talking about it a little bit. So, um, the subject of this is Alondro, Alonzo Brooks. He was 23 years old mm-hmm. uh, when he died. Um, he grew up in Topeka, Kansas, uh, and he was living in Gardner, Kansas. At the time. At the time. And on the night of April 3rd, what can you kind of give us a rundown of what happened that night? Yeah, so April 3rd, 2004, Alonzo and some of his friends from Gardner had driven out to a party in Lacine, Kansas, Lynn County, I think is the county. Um, And they went to this party. The party um, is said to have had like 30, 40, I think maybe 50 people there, um, ages ranging from 16 to 21 at the oldest. Um, And Alonzo and his friends were have said to have kind of been the outliers. Like it was, I believe they described it as a, pretty country party, a lot of cowboys and, Mm -hmm. um, their friend group didn't quite fit that stereotype. Um, but they were at the party, didn't know a ton of people there kind of stuck with their friend group. Um, and then I think they mention about an hour and a half in, they get a call to go to another party. And so two of the friends from the group start to leave. And then, um, the guy who Alonzo, uh, initially came to the party with left to go get some cigarettes and he got lost on his way to find the convenience store um, and called some friends and said, I'm not going to make it back. Someone else needs to give Alonzo a ride home. Um, And then as the night plays out, basically everyone goes home, but no one has Alonzo um, and Alonzo is nowhere to be found the next morning. Yeah. So they're kind of out of their element. They go to a party Mm -hmm. that um, they're not necessarily invited to, but that's how kind of (laughs) young adult teenage parties go. Um, Somebody's having a gathering, there was alcohol involved and people just kind of uh, show up. And so, yeah, so they're at this party and then the next morning there's kind of this frenzy of trying to figure out um, where Alonzo is Mm -hmm. and nobody really knows. And, um, one of the things that you said to me was, how does that happen? You know, how does yeah. somebody get left behind? And 
I will just say that um, my experience was is that happens fairly frequently where one individual will get separated from a group, uh, whether that's going out on the town, whether that's going to a party, um, you know, they either become (laughs) everybody in the group is so intoxicated Mm -hmm. that they don't keep track of each other. Um, Somebody starts a conversation with another group of people and they get separated or they even find uh, a potential interest in terms of dating somebody Mm -hmm. or, or hooking up with somebody. And so they get separated. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it's not that unusual to kind of get left behind, but in this case, it's they're out of their element. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an hour away from where they normally live, and it's not really their crowd. Right. So there is a little bit more of like, well, how does that happen? And then even the stories, even them uh, kind of giving a, a, a reaccount of what happened, mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing that there is some some truth, some fabrication. Um, yeah. You know, who knows um, what went really on because Alonzo, you know, can't tell us. Um, another thing that you um, asked me about was uh, how long does it take to make, to report somebody missing? Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly couldn't tell you if this is a national deal or if it's just in Kansas, but Kansas has created a law that if, if somebody reports you report somebody missing, like they don't even have to be a relative. Oh. Like you take a report and okay. you put them into the national crime computer is missing because the reality is, is that's the quickest way to find somebody. If, mm-hmm. if somebody is believed to be missing, generally they're going to come across law enforcement in some way or another. And that alerts the authorities to know. And so, yeah, there is no more, you have got to wait 24 hours, 48 hours, any of that kind of thing. And it doesn't yeah. even have to be somebody directly um, related to you. I had always thought that that like rule or whatever was an interesting one because I think we talked about this in the last episode that forty eight hours, the first forty eight mm-hmm. hours are like crucial to finding someone if yeah. they've been kidnapped or whatever. So when they had mentioned in the episode that they were like, "Well, we can't qualify him as missing until forty eight hours," it's like they could be gone by that like you're putting so much time in between when they went missing to when you start looking that I think you're asking for something bad to happen so I thought that was interesting when she yeah. mentioned that and and the reality is is adults all the time are, are unheard, like do not make contact with people right. for 24 48 hours and um so I think it be kind of became just it became a practice. I do think at one point that was mm-hmm. sort of the, you know, law enforcement, whether they had a policy on it or not, would tell mm-hmm. people, hey, you got to give it some time. Like they're yeah. going to turn up type thing. And yeah. most of the time people do. Right. But the reality is, is you look at the big picture and it's like, it doesn't do any harm. I mean, you're talking about mm-hmm. minimal paperwork, minimal effort to get somebody entered in. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's, it is important. So, um, what was kind of the initial search uh, for Alonzo once his immediate circle kind of realized he wasn't at home, they couldn't reach him? Uh, what did they do to try to find him? They started um, doing searches in the like creeks around the house where mm-hmm. the party took place. And the house was kind of in the middle of, the no- of nowhere, didn't have a lot of things around it. Neighbors were pretty far spread out. Um, so they started at that party house, um, and then expanded outwards into the creeks 
in wooded areas surrounding the house. Um, and the first thing they came across was Alonzo's hat and boots. And so they knew that he was without his shoes and a hat. And it was, you know, at night when it's been raining, it can get pretty chilly. So I think that to them was kind of a red flag of like, why would he be walking around without shoes on? Or um, And those were found like directly across the street from the house. And then the search took place, I think it went on for about a month and nothing had been found. Yeah, so they, they brought in cadaver dogs, they mm-hmm. brought in a dive team. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I believe a search was made and, mm-hmm. and they, they don't find him. Um, you know, the the beanie and the shoes being found in close proximity, um, you know, who knows? Like, mm-hmm. you know, clearly he was there. Right. Um, but it's possible that he did it. It's possible that it occurred, you know, uh, during an altercation. Um, but why would it be where it was? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why did like why would the fight not happen at the farmhouse? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know they I think there's a lot of different theories on why it was um, where it was. But mm-hmm. so after a month, um, the family is kind of hounding the authorities down in this area, and they eventually, after a month, May first, get permission to go searching for him. Mm-hmm. And what do they find after their during their search? They came across Alonzo's body in the creek yeah. area. Yeah, so they they find his body in the creek, and um, an autopsy is performed. Mm -hmm. And what is the result of the autopsy? It's basically inconclusive. Yeah. His body had been, at that point, pretty decomposed. Um, The coroner, I think, had mentioned, like, animals had started feeding off of the body, and so he had ruled that it was hard to really tell his cause of death because there wasn't enough evidence on the body at the time. Yeah. And so he specifically says that, you know, there's no gunshot. He hasn't been stabbed. Mm -hmm. There's no broken bones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, generally if, if, if somebody has died from like a head injury or they've bled out in some way or another, there's going to be an indication Mm -hmm. of that injury. So, um, I think because one of the things that they discuss in this is that he could have been strangled mm-hmm. and that the next neck tissue had de- decomposed enough to not um, be able to, right. to decide that. But so it kind of lends itself to um, he died because he couldn't breathe anymore, mm-hmm. asphyxiation. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you talk about an autopsy and you talk about looking at somebody uh, who is deceased, um, there's the manner of death. And so, like you mentioned, this one was was um, undetermined or unidentified. They, mm-hmm. they they didn't have a conclusive. And then other manners of death would be natural. Mm-hmm. So you die of old age, you die of a heart attack, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an accident. You get hit by a car. You fall off a roof. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Then there's homicide, where your life is taken uh, by another person, mm-hmm. uh, and then suicide. So there's five manners of death. And then uh, it's kind of like the cause. Uh, then there's so there's the manner. Then there's the cause of death. And so the the cause is generally disease, 
mm-hmm. um, or injury. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, a gunshot wound would be an injury. Right. Uh, disease would be cancer or heart attack. And then finally, you have like the mechanism. And this is where they use a lot of like medical terms in terms of it. But like, um, you know, if you get shot by a gun, well, generally, not always, but one of the main ways that you die is loss of blood, mm-hmm. significant loss of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have blunt force trauma. So somebody gets hit in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as we mentioned, asphyxiation. Right. And asphyxiation could come from drowning mm-hmm. or it could come um, from, Strangling. Uh, you know, yeah. So um, what are your thoughts on why the family found him and why law enforcement didn't find him? Um, I think like the true crime junkie in me you know, goes to like, oh, well, maybe someone like had him for a while and mm-hmm. then planted him when the, not planted him, but like left, ditched the body mm-hmm. once he knew the police had kind of moved on from their search. Um, I think the more realistic outcome is that it had been raining there. And so the creek levels were probably higher. And after a month, they would go down. And so the family would be more likely to find him at that time with the water levels decreasing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, April and May, I, and I, we know no details about this, didn't get that much digging into this, but April and May are pretty rainy times of the year Mm -hmm. uh, for Kansas. So certainly water levels could have been high. Um, A body doesn't immediately uh, rise to the surface if it's been underwater. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know the like time span of that? Like how long it would take a body to come to the surface? So my experience has been that generally unhindered a body, the gases Mm -hmm. of decomposition build up in a body. Mm -hmm. And so a body will rise to the surface, uh, within a one or three days. I mean, like it's 24, 72 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see a body uh, come to the surface. Um, then there's there's other things. If you know you're in a creek and you get the body floats up, but it sticks under um, a tree limb right. or brush or something like that. So, but again, there is an element of why did the dive team not find him? Mm-hmm. Um, he. They didn't really make any, I mean, they kind of made an indication in this that his body was fairly well preserved, which led to a theory that what had they, what had somebody done with the body possibly? Put it in a freezer until the searches were over. Yeah. So uh, who knows about that? Um, And then again, where the body was found was really way in, like Mm -hmm. it was like in a creek, there was brush there. Um, it's difficult. People don't move a body to where it's easy to, or it's right. difficult to move to. They usually do it where it's easy. Right. And then even then you would think if they're going to make an effort to move it as far as they did, I don't know. Would they, why would they leave it where they, I, yeah, it, it, it's hard to say. And, and honestly, I, I, you know, I don't ever like to armchair quarterback or be critical of other people, but if, if that's where the body was, it kind of makes me think, well, maybe they were lazy and mm-hmm. looking for him. Yeah. 
um, yeah, more than anything. So, um, so he's he's missing. Um, there's rumors of an altercation that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's where he doesn't, you know, normally he's not familiar with the area, doesn't know people. Mm-hmm. And so the family's ap- absolutely convinced that this is a hate crime. Yeah. They're convinced it's hate crime. So he was one of maybe three other black men or people of color that were at this yeah. party. Yeah. So, um, and so they're, they absolutely believe that, there's foul play involved. Right. And so they, they kind of hound, um, the authorities Mm -hmm. to To, do something about it. And so, um, while, so in, 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 in the, the documentary, in the show, they talk about there's hundreds of interviews done. Mm -hmm. There's even polygraphs given, Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of a thing. And, and nobody comes forward. So did they do you think they did their due diligence in investigating this or what what what's kind of your feeling on I feel like it's hard to say but I also feel like at some point like if you don't have enough evidence and you're not getting anything from those interviews or the polygraphs like what more can you do mm-hmm. But I feel like I mean, I don't, I don't know enough to actually say, but I just wonder, like, was the autopsy as thorough as it could have been? Like, was the coroner that did the autopsy genuine in his report? Um, and yeah, I think the search is probably where things maybe went wrong. Of like, how did they not find him after mm-hmm. searching for so many days? And all the resources they had the cadaver dogs, they had the divers, and then. The family goes out there with their eyes and find him almost immediately. Yeah. Do you think race played into it? Um. Well, let me let me back it up. Do you think he just went missing, or do you think foul play is involved? I I go back and forth, but I I feel like, given the circumstance, being at a party like that in the area that they were in, it would not surprise me if it was some sort of hate. Hate crime, yeah, and that foul play was was there, especially with it being like an underage party, and you know, people had mentioned that they had seen him kind of get in a a scuffle with someone already, um, and so if just in the hubbub of things, I think it would make sense that that could be the outcome. Yeah, so that's I think that's where I land a little bit is. Um, I think race probably did play into it. I do mm-hmm. think foul play is probably involved to some degree. Um, and again, it's the totality of everything. Here's a guy that was with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. He gets into a scuffle. Well, his back, his the people mm-hmm. that are going to defend him and come to his aid are no longer right. there. Right. And so now he's there like by himself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you, you kind of look at the totality of everything and you're like, this doesn't just seem like an accident. This right. doesn't seem like something that wouldn't happen. And, right. you know, um, they find his, his, um, his shoes and his hat mm-hmm. by the roadway. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I think they kind of give some theories in the documentary and they're kind of dramatic. And in my mind, it's always something a little less that way. And so I could see it being like his friend went to get cigarettes Mm -hmm. and people probably knew that probably saw him smoking, either heard a friend get it or something. And again, this is, this is my speculation, but I could see it being like, Hey, let's go have a smoke. Right. Let's go, let's go walk and and smoke. Mm -hmm. And so you light up a cigarette and you start walking down the driveway. And if the people you're with are walking, well, you start walking with them. Right. Right. And so if I'm, if there's a party of a hundred people and there's five of us that want to do something to one guy, Mm -hmm. well, let's get away from the other hundred people right? and let's go out. And so then, you know, for whatever reason you end up at the street Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's where you do whatever it is that, that you're going to do. And, um, you know, one of the things I did mention was usually there's some evidence of yeah. a fight. Right. And we don't have that, but again, obviously uh, the corner and what his examination has kind of come under question. So mm-hmm. um, in March of 2019, the KBI puts out a letter. Mm-hmm. And do you recall what their letter said? And uh, Basically that this, he... Alonzo was not the victim of a crime. Yeah. So KBI is Kansas Bureau of Investigation. This is 2019, uh, basically 15 years after it takes place. And they mm-hmm. probably get wind that this documentary is happening. Yeah. Because um, I don't think it, I don't think the documentary was out in March 2019. No, I believe it was 2020 is okay. when it came out. So they probably get wind that something is going on. And so they kind of mm-hmm. are proactive and put out that he's not a victim of a crime. There's no evidence of a crime. And basically what that's going to, what they're going to base that on is, you know, nobody from the party is saying that they saw anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the autopsy is inconclusive. Mm-hmm. And, and for that matter, it, I mean, the significant things that you look for are, are missing. Right. Like, like right. I mentioned, there's, there's no holes in the body. There's no broken right. bones. Um, those sorts of things. Um, and then the documentary comes out mm-hmm. and it kind of opens up um, the case altogether. So mm-hmm. um, how important do you think <laughs> documentaries are and should people be making stories, be telling stories of unsolved crimes and things like that? Yeah. I think the more like, the more involved I get with these documentaries and like researching them or watching them on my own, I feel like they could play a huge role in solving these types of cases. And I saw a video the other day on social media and it's social media. So who knows like how truthful it is, but this guy was in a class in college and had to research like a closed case or uh, an open case. Like the case hadn't been solved. A cold cold case. case. Thank you. Um, and through his research, he like found, was able to identify and get like close the case basically. Cause he made a connection that hadn't been made before. And so I think when we're sharing these, uh, stories and different information, like there's gotta be someone out there that knows something or just has a different lint. Like they're so removed from it that they can see things from a different way and, it leads to finding another puzzle piece that hadn't been there before. 
But with that, I do think there is um, how these documentaries are made and put out there. There needs to be some more, um, like, there have been quite a few recently on, like, um, different streaming networks that have been put out without, like, family consent. Mm. So these families have been coming out and saying, like, we didn't ask for this to be put out there. And so I think if they're being done in a way that's appropriate and respectful of the victims and their families, then by all means they could be beneficial, but they shouldn't be made just to get a rise out of people or for entertainment purposes. Or for money. Yeah. I mean, cause that's ultimately that's what the money. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately they're doing it to make a buck off of mm-hmm. somebody's death and then right. not including the family is not. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. And you know, I, it, so my, I have a couple of perspectives on this from a law enforcement standpoint. One resources are incredibly limited. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's the hard part is, yeah. you know, you get these and it's like, Within, you know, depending on the size of the agency and where you work, mm-hmm. it could be within hours you're working on another case or you get a new case and doesn't mean you leave the old case, but you're now juggling multiple cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those places generally have more people, um, but time is still limited. Right. And then it's the same way with, with some of the smaller agencies of they may not have the frequency, but they don't have near the people. Mm-hmm. And again, there's only so much time um, right. to get these investigated. And then the other part of this is that, you know, I, I think I was naive going into law enforcement thinking everybody wanted to do the right thing all the time. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is there are those in law enforcement that don't always do mm-hmm. the right thing. And it could be they're lazy. It could be they don't have a strong moral compass. It could just be that they, you know, like we were talking about with missing persons, you become jaded. You've had Mm -hmm. three missing persons reported to you this week, and all three of them show up within 24 to 48 hours after being, you know, reported. Mm -hmm. Then you get number four, and you're like, well, this is just like all the other ones. They're going to turn up 24 to 48 hours, and so you don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And then that ends up being the one that requires, you know, it ends up being. Yeah. Um. So since this this uh, documentary came out, um, what has kind of been the outcome of them putting this out there? Yeah. What has happened with the investigation? Uh, the FBI has reopened the case, and they um, exhumed Alonzo Brooks's body from his grave site and um, redid an autopsy, and it has now been ruled a homicide. Yeah. So the the article that I read that I, I think it's on FBI.gov mm-hmm. basically said the FBI autopsy said there's inconsi- that there's injury inconsistent with normal uh, patterns of decomposition. Right. So they did that, and then multiple forensic pathologist experts have kind of weighed in on it, and they've done it. Mm-hmm. They've opened it up and said it's a homicide, and there's a reward. For $100,000. Yeah, there's a $100,000 reward. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it would $100,000 would be enough to sway somebody to come forward? or That's what, I mean, I think it would be. But the fact that it's been this long and nothing has come out is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I would have thought someone would have even just, like, slipped up, like, said something 
that would elude someone to be like, oh, that's a little odd that you know that or something like that. But I think I would, if I knew something, I would come clean for a hundred thousand, but I also hope to never be in that situation. So, yeah. So that's, I, it, to me, it's interesting. I, I, my experience has been that people that commit crimes, particularly ones that rise to a level of national, mm-hmm. uh, and I even think I saw something in like a UK paper, mm-hmm. a United Kingdom paper on this, that it gets, when people have that information, it's difficult for them just to sit on it yeah. and not want to tell somebody, hey, you know that thing on Netflix? Yeah. I, I think so and so is involved with right. that. And so, um, I, I do also believe that the group actually involved, if there was foul play, was a smaller group, mm-hmm. given that his clothing was found away from the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that, you would think that people in the party would have noticed, hey, these guys all left together, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And so that was actually, um, we're two years ago that the FBI has opened this up and mm-hmm. we haven't really heard anything that there's, there's no... no um, uh, arrest made or closure to it or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I go back and forth as well because on one on one end, all this stuff points to there being something more to it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just find it hard to believe that people can keep their mouth shut for that yeah. long, especially when there's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, because you could change your life for a hundred thousand oh, dollars, yeah. and especially if you're in rural Kansas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, incredibly tragic story again. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um, it is tragic uh, what one human being or what human beings can do to another. So we definitely yeah. don't take this lightly. But um, hopefully there will be some resolution for Alonzo mm-hmm. Brooks and for his family Yeah, in this. And that... Um, the people involved, if they are involved, will be brought to justice. So yes. any last thoughts from you? That's all I've got. All right. Well, we really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Cop and Daughter. Until next time, stay safe. Look to help find him. We should know for you. You may find this footage disturbing.